All right, everybody, welcome to the third episode of the Backseat Huddle Podcast. I am your host and illegitimate Tom Brady love child, Tristan Weber, and I am joined by my co-host and Kyler Murray, Stan Addison. We are going to go ahead and start out with Trey Lance this week. So Trey Lance is out for the season with an ankle injury that he sustained in the first quarter of this week's game versus the Seahawks. So Addison, how does this affect the 49ers and Lance moving forward? So I believe this injury to Trey Lance will ultimately be a career decider for Trey Lance. Ultimately, I'm not a huge uh, Kyle Shanahan fan. I think he's very irresponsible with players, especially for Trey Lance. It kind of seemed as if Kyle Shanahan was trying to make Trey Lance into this Josh Allen fantasy project that never really panned out. And I also can't trust a man who comes from the nut of the person who invented icing the kicker, Mike Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is in a win mode now, and I just don't think there's enough patience in Kyle Shanahan at this point for Trey Lance to not only recover from an injury, not only physically and mentally, but also recover in terms of a football player. And I just don't think Kyle Shanahan has enough time and we could ultimately see Trey Lance kind of spiraling out of control in terms of his career. Sure. Uh, so for me, this takes them from a maybe playoff team to right back to the team that can make the NFC championship game again. And it's unfortunate because you, you hate to think about it like this. Cause I know I don't want to see him get hurt. You don't want to see him get hurt. And we both feel bad that it happened. But mm -hmm. the unfortunate truth is they are better right this minute than they were last week at this time. Yeah, 100%. So we've seen what they do. Uh, we've seen what they do with Jimmy G under center for the past few years. They're routinely a top team in the NFL. And they always bring that setup that Kyle Shanahan is eight and 27 without Jimmy G under center. So like you said, is he going to have the patience with, with Trey Lance? So once again, this is just going to go back to being the team that can't quite win the Super Bowl because their quarterback isn't quite good enough, which is the reason they drafted Trey Lance anyway. So they're going right back to it. I, I will say there's kind of two narratives to take away from this. The uh, one narrative is the fact that Jimmy G is a good quarterback. He's a winner. He's won in the past, even as a backup. We've seen right. him be able to take teams to the Super Bowl and perform reasonably well in those in those situations. I will say another narrative to take away from this is just how cursed the third pick overall is for teams historically. You have Trent Richardson, Solomon Thomas, Dante Fowler. Uh, there was another one that I saw that kind of Blake Bortles. The third pick just seems to be kind of a miss. And it's not like Trey Lance is coming from Ballers University. He's coming <laughs> from the middle of nowhere. He doesn't have the same time that Tua has. If Tua performs poorly, we can be like, all right, you know, he's been a prospect, a top prospect for 10 years of his life dating back to high school. Trey Lance was kind of just a, wow, look at this combine warrior, this athlete, this Josh Allen as type player. And I just don't think anybody will really have enough time to really flesh him out as a player. No, you're totally right on this one. The, the bigger story on this is that Trey Lance is entering bust territory. The, the issue, and you touched on this, and I don't mm -hmm. think you're quite giving it enough credit is that this is potentially a career 
impending injury for Trey Lance. And sure. it's not debilitating physically, but he needed this season so bad to get the reps in. The knock on Trey Lance was always that he needed, that he was raw and inexperienced. So now you're taking another entire season away from him. So Trey Lance is going to be in year three with five, six starts under his belt. But we gave him a chance really for the same reasons that you just said is because the raw tools that he has and he isn't as accurate as you'd like to be. He has about 100 passes thrown in the NFL and he's completed about 50% of them. So he was drafted to overtake the guy in front of him, but wasn't quite good enough to do so. And he is really getting where he's got because of the raw tools. And that's exactly what we say about Jordan Love. So I think there's a real comparison there. The only difference is Trey Lance got that chance because Jimmy Garoppolo isn't Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's going to happen is we're going to look around and see that he's the weak at the end of this season, that Trey Lance is the weakest pick from that draft class. Mac Jones, we know what he is. He's solid. Trevor Lawrence looks to be ascending. Mm-hmm. And here's Trey Lance who just can't see the field. I mean, he hasn't started a full season since his freshman year in college. So I don't know what the answer is for the 49ers long term, but I really hope that Trey gets it together or rather that's a bad way to say. It. I really do hope that Trey figures it out because he looks special on the field. All the reasons you said that he got drafted number three, you see it and you have that wow moment. But I really yeah. do hope he gets it together, man. Uh, really yeah. Do. I feel like a, another big thing to mention is that this is not the 2000s. This is not the 90s where these young rookie quarterbacks get time to develop, make mistakes. Since 2012 with RG3, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, these guys need to perform within two years. So the bust window or the window between you know, being a rookie and being a bust is a very small one. If you're not performing, if you're not getting stuff done – in your first two, three years, people are going to start throwing the bust word around. And I feel with Trey Lance, that is a huge possibility. You're, you you hit the nail on this one. And a good example of this is your guy, Kyler Murray. Like this very first season, you know, he comes out five and ten. You know, you saw the flashes. And then the mm-hmm. next season, you see him take that big step towards you. are like, wow, this guy right. really took that step. You see him. Exactly. And that's what we want to see out of Trey Lance, which you would have expected to see this season, mm-hmm. given they spent the entire season getting to learn, develop, do it kind of the old school way. And you're totally right. The one thing I, I also think you're right is you mentioned this isn't the early 2000s, isn't the 90s. Offenses now are able to be catered more to what the quarterback can do well. So mm-hmm. if offense is getting catered to what you do well and you still can't do it, that is, like you said, where the bus thing totally, totally can be absolutely applied sure. to Trey Lance up to this point. So, yeah, I'm ready to move on. You, you good there? Yeah, no, I've pretty much said everything I wanted to say about him. Perfect. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Russell Wilson is really Russell Wilson. The Broncos have not had the start to the season they envisioned. They are having a rough two games. They have only scored two touchdowns offensively so far. So who? is to blame there's a lot of uh places of blame you can have for this but this has just been downright disgusting they had the seahawks and then they had the houston texans who they didn't beat convincingly by the way i think the upgrade is not looking as apparent as it did when the trade first happened i still think that if Russ would be in a better situation in Seattle currently with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett than he is right now this year with the Broncos. 
Look at the landscape. You have the Chiefs, you have the, the Raiders, you have a super team in the Chargers in the making. And I just, given the landscape and given what we've seen from Russell Wilson and the Broncos, I'm starting to have some doubts that this is really even an upgrade. Okay, so uh, the reason he left Seattle is the reason that they're sucking right now, and it is plain and simple, the coach. Nathaniel oh, Hackett. I, I agree. Nathaniel Hackett, you know who Nathaniel Hackett reminds me of Freddie Kitchens. He isn't a head coach. I absolutely unequivocally refuse to believe that a Super Bowl winning multiple Super Bowl trip routinely top 10 Russell Wilson all of a sudden just sucks. I mean, he didn't look good in the first half of that game. He he didn't look good. He was they were having drop balls. He was missing some, but they cleaned it up in the second half. So I am a hundred percent placing the blame on the head coach. And I would not be shocked to see him gone by mid season. I would not be shocked to see this be a mid season fire for Nathaniel Hackett. Oh yeah. I think Russell Wilson is a tremendous quarterback. You've heard my takes on here. I think he's mm-hmm. phenomenal. I just feel the Broncos are incredibly uninspiring and in a division with again, the chargers chiefs and Raiders, they don't have that X factor to them. Their X factor has been l- losing them games. Russell is their X factor. He is their guy. And no one can convince me that Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Mr. Didn't have a touchdown all last year. The, the Alabama superstar, Jerry Judy, is better than Tyler Lockett or Cortland Sutton's better than DK Metcalf. He's got the great value version of those two in a, in a tougher division with better cornerbacks, with better defenders. I don't know. I know you disagree you're, on the Russell. You're take, you're but. you're you're right. You're you're right. You're right. And then you're just a little bit wrong. You're just a little bit wrong. But the, what you said is that you you said today you are right today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll notice that the that the Broncos rather they do really well in between the twenties. So they move the ball just fine. I mean, he had 348 yards passing against the Seahawks. It wasn't as if they weren't moving the ball. They just stink in the red zone. Right. And things get tight in the red zone. There's less field to cover. So you know what matters in the red zone? Coaching. You need to have something schemed to get your dudes open. Or like you said, that DK Metcalf type, you just uh, Mike Evans, you just toss that little fade and just come down with it and get your dudes open. Or you got to have something crazy or you got to have something special to get your dudes schemed open. And that's not happening. So for me, you are right. If Nathaniel Hackett was just a better coach, it would be an upgrade because what Russell wanted was to get away from Pete Carroll's 2001 offensive schemes into the modern era, which was what Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to bring. But he just failed. He has just failed at this point. Fine. Yeah, no, there's really not much left to say about the Broncos that hasn't already been said. Okay. I think form, and by a formula, I think the Broncos should work with Russell Wilson, especially if Javante Williams lives up to the potential of being the Mr. Break the Tackles. He could be a baby beast mode, but I'm not seeing it yet. I guess we'll we'll just have to I see. I disagree on that one. Javante Williams looks like... I watched both of those games and ritually he looks really, really, really good. That's my takeaway. I think he looks all right. I think he looks all Javante is my takeaway from both two games. Like, wow, this guy can play. Anyways, I think we kind of got this one. Let's go ahead and move on. Tua Tungavai Loa had a career day against the Ravens, throwing for six touchdowns, 469 yards. Is this a sign of things to come for Tua and the Dolphins? 
I will say with Tua, the six touchdown performance was in the realm of expectations for this player. I do want to say Tua does it against a practice squad Ravens team with a lot of injuries. Everyone's just like, nah, nah, Tua's, Tua's not good. But Joe Burrow does it. Oh, my God, he's the greatest. And I love Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. I love the man. He's, you know, I'm a simp. But Tua, six touchdowns. This isn't no Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles type situation. I just want to do a little bit of stat comparison here. Tua threw for 469 yards. Yes, he has Tyreek. Yes, he has Waddle. He went 36 and 50, I want to say. In passing completion to uh, pass attempts, yeah, he threw two interceptions, but I think it really is a sign for things to come. We needed to a time in a system where the coach actually likes him because from my understanding, Flores did not like Tua. He wanted Justin Herbert. So now that he's in a system where they actually have faith in him and they actually want to hone in on what he's good at, I think Tua is going to be great going forward. And you look at the Mitchell Trubisky six touchdown. He did that against a terrible Buccaneers team, and it wasn't a competitive game whatsoever. It was Mitch stat padding. While Tua was in the middle of the heat of the game in a competitive game where he could very much well lose the game, but he managed to pull it off. And he has the playmakers. But you know, hey man, he has a talent for getting the ball into playmakers' hands. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who can do that. You are. I am in such a. I disagree with you on this so much. I am so unimpressed by oh what I saw on God. Sunday. So the first half was entirely unforgettable. He was 12 of 20 for 150 yards with a touchdown and two interceptions, both of which were thrown into double coverage, if I remember correctly. And then you touched on this, but you missed the boat a little bit. Two of through six touchdowns, which sounds really impressive. So here's a list of some quarterbacks that have thrown six or more touchdowns in a game. You got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, okay? Right. Here's some other quarterbacks who have thrown for six or more touchdowns in a game. Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Matt Flynn. It is indicative of absolutely nothing when you throw for a bunch of touchdown passes in one game. And I'm going to talk just a little bit longer. No, no, you're fine. Tua well, was good on Sunday. But of his six touchdowns, two of them were blown coverages, completely blown to Tyreek, one of which was underthrown in the middle of the field that should have been about five yards deeper. One of them was an overthrown ball that was really, really high. That was a circus catch for Mike for Mike Kosicki, the tight end. The other one, he had he did pretty good. You know, he had a little spin and then he ran out and threw it to him and he got it. And the very first one was a quick screen. There's nothing to that. He just turns steps and throws it. And then he did have one that was a really solid throw to Jalen Waddle. That was solid. So what he did is he did what would have been expected of any other quarterback. He threw mm. to a busted, two busted coverages, one that looked like it was thrown away, and one that he just tossed out to the to the to the to Jalen Waddle on a quick screen. How is there's nothing impressive about four of those touchdowns? I will give you a quick little rebuttal on that. Okay, Mitchell Trubisky has had blown coverages in terms of what George Pickens has done and Deontay Johnson, very two very talented receivers who have gotten open habitually week to week. And Mitchell Trubisky can't hit the wide open guy. So there's there's definitely a difference between the two. Also, what you described about Tua and how he's just hitting these guys almost sounds a little bit like Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm just saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws a lot of overthrown, underthrown balls that Tyreek makes magic out of. Tyreek is a very talented receiver. I'm not saying the six touchdown 
necessarily propels Tua into top 15 conversation, but I'm saying it's a sign of greatness in the future. Uh, no, 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 because no, 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 because you you mentioned it yourself. He he's throwing to, you can't just, okay. Any legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL would have Mm -hmm. had the exact same day that Tua did. He did not do really anything that was outside the realm of expectations of OB for a normal starting quarterback, which Mitchell Trubisky is not. He is a bridge, a backup. He is not. Baker Mayfield would have had the exact same day. I might be able to argue Justin Fields would have had the exact same day. Oh, Trey, no. Trey Lance might not have had the exact same day. Oh, but here's no. what he did. Here's what he did. He had mm. he has arguably the best receiving core in the NFL against what you called a bunch of practice squad guys. So basically what that means is he's just throwing it to a bunch of wide open wide receivers meant to pile on the yards. And he had pretty good protection the entire day. So he did what he was supposed to do. All he did was throw to a wide open guy. The more impressive quarterback was Lamar. Lamar was the better oh, quarterback I agree. yesterday. Because I it's it's furthering my stance that Lamar Jackson is the top six quarterback that everyone keeps talking about all offseason. Just saying. After yesterday, I'm gonna go back to our what we said last week. I totally agree with you. The way that Lamar stood in the pocket, made subtle pocket adjustments, and delivered the ball. Two wide receivers who was also throwing us some wide open wide receivers yesterday. Let's just call that how it is. But he had a really, really, really good game, and he was definitely the best quarterback on the field. Absolutely no contest. And I would argue he played the better game, too. All right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I still think that Tua, you know, he got some he got some prime time in him. That's all I'm saying. He's kind of in the same situation he was in, except with a severely underdeveloped old line that he, he had back in Alabama. But I the only situation that's different for him is he does have a better, he just has better everything. Like, like he has better. If you just move to and Baker Mayfield, they like, they're the same quarterback. They're not, they're, they're the same quarterback. They're both undersized. They both don't have a great arm. They both can stand and deliver when the, I don't want to say on the pressure is not on because Tua does deserve some credit for coming back from three touchdowns down. That was a big deal. But right. when they're asking, you're asking your guys to throw to wide open wide receivers. There's just nothing there to impress me. So. No, I, 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 I sort of get it. I disagree to disagree on this one. You're allowed to I, be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> you also have the right to be wrong because I still think two. It's two a time, baby. I like two. He beat my boy in the in the Orange Bowl. I have to put respect. Wait, did he? I think he was. In that. I think. I don't want to talk myself into a hole. So. I'll let you. Hey, you already did that earlier. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> the, the, the Chiefs, the Chiefs uh, overcame a 10-point first quarter deficit to get a really important win last Thursday over the Chargers. So what are your takeaways from that game, Addison? My takeaway, I'm going to do what uh, Mr. Chris Collinsworth said in Super Bowl, I think it was 53 Eagles versus Patriots. Yeah. I don't even know what a catch is anymore. That's what he said, and I'm – when I saw Asante Samuel Jr. pick that ball off, there was no indication to me that that was not a catch or an interception. I feel like the Chargers were robbed. My best takeaway is that Patrick Mahomes doesn't progress through his reads as quickly as Justin Herbert does. We're going to call it like it is. He's Herbert. He's the boy. You know, Colbert, you know, Herbert. I think Herbert in that game, and especially playing with the bruised rib injury, has given me an all new perspective on how good Justin Herbert is. I think he is 
tremendously talented. And I would say at one point, I will say Justin Herbert has the potential to be the greatest quarterback in the NFL over Patrick Mahomes. And the progression, it was said in the game, and I said it about 20 minutes before they said it, the commentators said it. Just look how Justin Herbert scans the field. And he was missing Keenan Allen. He scans the field so quickly. Also, shout out to my boy, Gerald Everett. I've been an advocate for Gerald Everett. He is the most underutilized player in the NFL, and he's finally on a roster that is utilizing his talent. He's a very – and it's it's weird because he's been beaten out with players like Tyler Higby. They, the Seattle Seahawks wanted Noah Fant over Gerald Everett. That makes no sense to me. But overall, I'm a little unimpressed by the Chiefs. I think the Chargers kind of threw it away rather than the Chiefs winning. But that's a topic, you know. That I've hey, already we, mentioned. Before. We have talked about that. So for me, there's four major takeaways. I'm just going to start with two so I don't hog up the screen time. Uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes is one of the two most impactful players in the NFL today. It is him and Brady in a class of their own when it comes to deciding the outcome of any given football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not necessarily be the best, but his impact is one of two. He has a 55%. His win percent is Sorry, let me say that again. Patrick Mahomes wins 55% of his games when he goes down by 10 points in the first quarter. The rest of the league is 15%. He is never out of a football game, and his team knows it. There is something about him that goes, his teammates that go, we got Patrick Mahomes, you don't, we're still in the game. And Brady very much has that effect as well. Second one, totally agree with you. Justin Herbert is a better pure quarterback than Patrick Mahomes is in terms of drop back, hang the pocket, go through your lead, deliver the football. Justin Herbert is better. Patrick Mahomes is the better improviser when the play breaks down. You know, he misses that read, you know, whatever. When it's time to just like look around and make special, crazy, whatever happened. He's super athletic. Mahomes is on his own. Right. But watching Herbert play is is incredible. You can see special and it's not very often you see special and they just drop back and throw it. But it's it's crazy. You can literally see the special in Justin Herbert just by watching him throw the ball. So I completely agree. Still think Justin Herbert is way better than Tua. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love, uh, I like Justin Herbert too, and I would 100% agree. I think Patrick Mahomes' ability to be able to make something happen from nothing is, uh, like I said, I, I do think Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. I think you said it way better. Justin Herbert, I think, is the better passer. There's a mm-hmm. huge difference. I think yeah. Joe Burrow is the better passer than Lamar Jackson. I want to go call back to that. But I think Lamar Jackson's the better quarterback because the team is never out when Lamar Jackson is playing. His X factor and his ability to improvise will always keep him in the game, as you mentioned with Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Uh, So the last two I have is the Chargers, you touched on this, are a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. You touched on this. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with you. They had the better players. In every way except the final score, the Chargers were the better team. The Chargers had more total yards. They held the vaunted Kansas City offense to 319 yards of total offense. The Chargers had more first downs. The Chargers won the time of possession. They held Patrick Mahomes to 224 passing yards, which is the seventh, if I remember correctly, lowest output of his career. They were the better team last night in all facets, and they didn't even have Keenan Allen. And lastly, the Chargers, and I touched on this earlier with the Broncos, the Chargers are held back by their coaching. This game was decided by the fact that Andy Reid is a significantly better coach than Brandon Staley. And it is unfortunate because Brandon Staley is a really good defensive coach, but this isn't a defensive league anymore. 
They're just not creative or good enough on offense. Hmm. If this team had like an offensive wizard as an as a as an offensive coordinator, this game has a different outcome, and I it really might not be close. This might be a two touchdown victory for the Chargers this season. The Chargers need to do every single thing they can to get Sean Payton out of the booth. Every oh, single thing they can to get Sean Payton. He wants to go there, and there's even more reason for him to go there now after watching that game. Like, Sean Payton makes this Chargers team a Super Bowl favorite. Oh, right. I also would like to mention one last thing about Justin Herbert. Yep. Is he throws the ball with such conviction. He had, it's almost like there's no doubt in the ball. Sometimes when you see a quarterback, especially a really bad quarterback throw a football, it doesn't look as though it's a very confident throw, which often leads to more picks. Justin Herbert, he'll throw an interception, but he'll throw that interception so confidently. <laughs> and I'm it's just, and he, he's got that dog in him. They did the x-rays. They found that dog in him. And I, I, I like him a lot. He's, he's going to throw this interception through the defensive backs. Hands. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. going to go right through to his guy. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Drew Brees a little bit. Right? You know, mentioning the Sean, the Sean Payton example. They're very yeah, confident. Like, um, yeah, absolutely. He's confident. Like the, the offense is the only thing holding this team back at this point. They've got players everywhere. Right. So if you have all these players and you can't get the most out of your players, whose fault is that? It's the coach's it's fault. It's the coach. It is, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely the coach. The coach is the reason that they, they're they not going to make it deep in the playoffs. It's that simple. In a, a real final take that you mentioned about the coaching, it is true. Even though the Chiefs are an inferior team in terms of roster, the – well-oiled machine play of the Chiefs. Every player is involved. That is a coaching trait rather than a, you know, just a, a team trait. It's just something that the coach was able to get from his team. But I, I agree. I, I think uh, I think the impact that Patrick Mahomes has and a lot of your takes were pretty sound. Appreciate that. Okay, moving on. Best and worst of the week. We do this every single week where we give our best of the week and worst of the week. I'm going to go ahead and start this one off, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, best of the week is Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is the second best thing to ever happen to Tyreek Hill after Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill normally has a lot of underneath stuff. We've seen this where he just catches this little quick screen and then, and then he just goes like and breaks all bunch of tackles and it's what would be a five yard game is end up a 35 yard game. So naturally defenses can't cheat up on that because he's just going to go over the top, but now they even more can't cheat because they have to double down on that speed of Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle will go up over you too. So right. this, the, 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 the speed on this team is crazy. This is might be the fastest offense ever with, with Raheem Mostert, who's one of the fastest yeah. running backs yeah, in the NFL, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. The late Al Davis would cry if he saw this team. I don't know if y'all remember, if y'all are old enough to remember this, but that's all he drafted. If he saw you at a 4-2, he's like, that guy's on my team. That's basically what this team is. Go Kinda ahead like and Darren give McFadden. us. <laughs> like right? Darren yeah. McFadden. Go ahead and yeah. give us your best of the week. Uh, my best of the week, I'm going to have to – I have two, actually. So my first one is my boy, Kyler Murray, who had 84 yards of total uh, rushes in one play. He It was a 20-second play where he scrambled, and the Chiefs – or not the Chiefs. The Raiders looked so lost. And the fact that – mind you, I'm a Cardinals fan. I've been a Cardinals fan for almost 20 years. 
this is a team that gets comebacked on not getting the comeback. And when I saw, and I'm still not used to it. When I saw Kyler Murray in his debut lead a comeback against the Lions, of course, it was a tie, I will say. But it honestly, seeing Kyler being able to lead multiple comebacks, we're talking about five comebacks in the last two years. It shows that Kyler Murray can give me faith that if the team is down by 10 points or more, that they have a possibility of still winning that game. And that's something I've never had as not only a Cardinals fan, but as an Arizona sports fan, I do have a second best of the week. I'm not sure if you want to go. I've got two. But go ahead. Showing the love to Oklahoma quarterbacks and Alabama quarterbacks. And he's both Jalen Hurts. I talked about it. There's a difference between being a good quarterback and a good passer. He's still, still a little off in terms of mechanics and passing, but he's a tutty getter. He gets tutties all the time. He's a rusher. I love Jalen Hurts. He looks so incredible. His deep ball looks great. Of course, they have gone against really bad defenses. However, Jalen Hurts looks really good. He looks really good. And if your only flaw is you can't pass the football, that's something you can learn with time. We've seen it with Josh Allen. We remember how bad Josh Allen was when he couldn't pass. Now look at Josh Allen. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is going to be Josh Allen, but I'm saying Jalen Hurts has an opportunity this year to be a top 15 quarterback. And you absolutely one of the best. You absolutely love to see it from Jalen Hurts too, because right. he has done nothing but do the right thing and be a good dude his entire career. He got yeah. benched in in college and it ended up being a second round pick. And just to see him succeed, like he's a very easy guy to root for. And he seems yeah. like a good locker room dude too. I, I, I love that you brought that up. So yeah, best of the week, the Lions. The Lions entered Sunday's game as Dude. the Lions entered Sunday's game as a favorite for the first time since November of 2020, and they delivered. They won the game. And look at this: how much more impressive does that close game against the Eagles last week? How much better does that look now? In hindsight, seeing what Age the well. Eagles just did against the Vikings, the Lions played them close. They 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 showed crazy fight and the lions are also tied for second most points in the league with the chiefs patrick mahomes and the chiefs i am starting to believe in this coach it looks i don't love him at the podium i think the knee biting thing is weird it looks like he's starting to create a culture over there which is so important for a ritually bad team as an arizona fan you know what this feels like it is so important to have a culture for a richly bad team. The sad sack lions are so easy to root for because they right. always lose, but now they have that grit about them and they're just likable. They're like likable. Like you have a reason to root for them. Like you can look at them and be like, wow, they might actually be taking steps. Absolutely right. love it for the lions. Oh yeah. Me too. This team has been awful for so long and Forever. I, I like their coach. I forget his name right now, but the fact Campbell. that he's willing to they remind me of a high school team in a sense yeah they just do the wildest thing (laughs) and you're just like what like also deandre swift and the way that deandre swift the jamal williams combination the one-two punch Mm -hmm. is the most effective one-two punch in the league right now next to kareem hunt and nick chubb the team looks really good the fact that they almost came back against the eagles is a really good sign that this team is solid Another thing is that Aiden Hutchinson, I think he had like three sacks against Carson Wentz. He had something absurd. Maybe I'm getting that stat wrong. But Aiden Hutchinson, he was supposed to be the first pick in this year's draft. 
And the fact that he fell to the Lions, that's going to be like a J.J. Watt-type presence that could be a game-changer, a guy who gets sure. pick sixes, forces fumbles, an ultimate X factor for that defense. I still believe that the defense is a little suspect. How Because, you know, it Jeff is. Okuda, he kind of he looks a little sketchy. But the Lions offensively look phenomenal. They look really good, especially and Amon you- Ross St. Brown. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect out of a team that has Jared Goff as a quarterback to look like that. But hey, here they are. They're finding hey, we've a way. seen him do it before. We saw him with the Rams. We have seen <laughs> him do it before. Let's move on to the worst. Worst of the week. I'm going to get us started here again. Worst of the week is Jameis Winston. Jameis is still being Jameis. This dude had 60 yards passing five minutes into the third quarter. Everything that he threw past like 10 yards past the line of scrimmage just looked uncatchable. He didn't go over 100 yards passing until five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Three interceptions, one pick six. It was just all the bad Jameis rearing its ugly head in one game. Jameis Winston, I thought when he got LASIK, the interceptions would have ceased. No, he's still he's still throwing interceptions. He's such a... Sometimes it feels like he's playing for the other team. Like... <laughs> I have no idea what he's doing. And it's funny because he is one of the most like funniest people in the NFL. He's hilarious. It remind I don't know if you remember that interception back when he was at FSU, where it looked like a bunch of ghosts were attacking him <laughs> and he fell over and threw a pick six. I think it was the Oregon game. Jameis yeah. Winston, dude, I feel like you have to take like a hundred tabs of acid to truly be on his level. Yeah, absolutely. Just, like, you know, whatever he's on, I, I want to be on that, you know, because he he's a very interesting guy. I I would say uh, to kind of transition this to one of my worst ta- or my worst of the week. I think the Vikings are pretty like, yeah, they beat the Packers. I think the Packers just look bad this year, but the Vikings went out on Monday night football and looked abysmal. Kirk Cousins is not really a primetime quarterback. Gives me a lot of Andy Dalton prime vibes a little bit. But the fact that they weren't able to do anything against that player or against the uh, the Eagles was just depressing. Wide open Quez Watkins in the middle of the field. Their secondary looks awful. They got the they got Santa Claus's reindeers out there. You got Dantzler and Peterson looking like they look so bad. They look horrendous. And how do you go from making a historically great quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, look terrible, but then go out there against the Eagles and look horrendous? And my second worst, real quick, I just want to get this over with because I already talked about it a little bit. Mitchell Trubisky, I hate that man. I don't like him. He's a great guy, personally. I'm sure he's a great guy. I would let him date my daughter. But... I will say this. That guy needs to go. You get Pickett <laughs> out there. He needs to go. I hate that guy. Deontay and George Pickens are too good to be having an awful quarterback. Get Pickett out there. Let him make mistakes. Let him do his thing. I'm sick of this Mitchell Trubisky project. Mike Tomlin and what's his name? Matt Canada or whatever his name is. <sighs> the Steelers. And I, this is a Najee Harris owner in fantasy. I... That is my low light of the week is watching the Steelers play. I don't even want to watch them tomorrow. <laughs> All right. But that's my. Day. I got you. I got you beat here on worst of the week. The Colts. 
The Colts oh. haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. If Jim Ursay fired Carson Wentz for losing there last year, he's just going to fire everyone in the building this week. They got, they got absolutely destroyed. And the stat sheet makes it even worse. They had 218 yards of total offense and three turnovers. How do you have 218 yards of offense in 2022? All the rules, everything leads toward offense. You have one of, if not the best, running back in the NFL. And you've got 218 yards and lose to the Jaguars. See, I thought the Indianapolis Colts fan, oh, I thought I thought they got rid of the problem, Carson Wentz. You know, the guy who's making the commanders look like a contender somewhat. And I thought Matt Ryan was supposed to be a huge, tremendous upgrade. I thought this team had Super Bowl contention. They got a great O-line. They have Doolin. What was he doing? I, I, I The team looks horrendous. Honestly, at this point, they're better off trying to give Andrew Luck a call. This man, <laughs> five years out of, out of the NFL, is probably still better than Matt Ryan currently. I'd rather see Andrew Luck at this point. I'd rather see high school football quarterback or high school football coach Andrew Luck out there instead of Matt Ryan. The team looks horrendous. Don't tell me this whole Mike, Michael Pittman. Oh, he, his quad, he was injured. I don't care. <laughs> You're going against Jacksonville and dropping a big fat goose egg. Yeah, no, not not about it. Don't Imagine like getting shut out in 2022. You hate to see it, man. It, they look oh, terrible. This they is an look... offensive league. The league <laughs> is built to be offensive. Imagine. It's like getting, I don't know. I had a zero, but they're terrible. Zero, zero. All right. With our final topic of this week, it is the upset of the week. And I've updated our graphic with our records, and we're both not doing too good on our upset of the week pick. I'll go ahead and let you start this one off. Well, I'm about to go 0-3 because my pick is kind of a jinx pick. I need Joe Burrow to start start doing something. I, I know it seems like I'm a huge Joe Burrow hater, that I hate this man's guts. I like Joe Burrow. He's awesome. He's a great quarterback. I like him. But I have the Jets as my upset of the week because they need to get their shiz together. Joe Flacco looking really good right now. He's got a good team since Baltimore. He's not an elite quarterback. He's never been an elite quarterback, but I got the Jets winning. They beat the Browns in crazy fashion. I think the Jets go out there. I think, hear, hear me out. Joe Flacco gets that starting job, and Zach Wilson is going to be on the bench for at least. Okay. Okay. Let's get this guy into a mental hospital. You've officially lost it, man. That's too much. That, that, that You had me. I respected your, your – I, I had such admiration for your willingness to put yourself in, out and choose the Jets. It's but a you lost me with the You lost me with the Joe Flacco pick. All right. All of the, all of the underdogs this week just really suck. Like, there was no good picks this one. So, I'm going to pick your favorite quarterback this week. I'm my upset pick of the week is the Steelers. They entered this game as a five point underdog to the Browns. And there here's the only reason I'm picking them. The only reason I'm picking the Steelers is there's a history of Mike Tomlin being a really, really, really successful coach as an underdog. The Steelers didn't look good against the Patriots. They didn't even look good against the Bengals. But Belichick has Tomlin's number, so I don't make too much of it. And Honestly, there's just no good picks, so I'll toss into the wind. My upset pick of the week is going to be 
Mitchell Trubisky, hopefully not there, but the Kenny we'll, Pickett led Steelers. We'll see you next week with the big fat 03. Next week, <laughs> we Mitchell see. Trubisky is terrible. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. We're going to be back next week with the zero and three from both of us. So that's going to wrap us up this week. Y'all take care, everybody. Now, peace.